When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. Here today with Jeff Provine. That hey. is how you say your name, isn't it? Yes, perfect. Okay, okay. I wanted. To, I should have clarified that before we started, but here we are. Mm-hmm. So, um, go ahead and tell us, everybody, what it is that you do in the haunted Oklahoma kind of stuff. Uh, well, I lead ghost tours here in Norman and in Oklahoma City, and I've uh, worked on several different collections of folklore and spooky history here in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's it's super cool. I have actually read one of them. Oh, I have read all cool. of them. Read the Norman one. So, awesome. um, and I know when we first started talking, one of the things that I mentioned was uh, the barber shop. Yes, and that's actually where you get your haircut, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, why that not? Was such a cool history. Why? Yeah, yeah. Got to support that. <laughs> Keep it going. I would totally go to a haunted salon. Mm-hmm. I would be all about that. There you go. <laughs> That'd be cool. So, I've never tried to bring it up or anything because I'm always spooked out something will happen. Yeah. Yeah, are they um, are they pretty open about it? Uh, I've never tried to talk. Okay, to them. yeah, yeah. Uh, which the guys who retired a few years ago are the ones that I interviewed for the book, and uh, they're just old barbers, and they'll happily talk about anything for hours. Oh, that's cool. So, that's cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so today we're going to talk about a few different hauntings, and the first one that we're going to talk about is the Puckett's towing ghost. Yeah. So. Um, if you guys remember a few years ago, I think it was actually more than a few, maybe 2013 or 2012. No. 2002. 2002, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one number, right? Um, so there was some footage. It was CCTV footage from Puckett's Towing of a figure kind of moving around the tow yard. Mm-hmm. And after that happened, they gave the footage to the news and several different news places ran it. There was actually, I think, um, the one I found on YouTube, the one that's most readily available is Sacramento, I think. Somewhere in California actually ran a story about it. Picked it up. Yes. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a weird thing. And it's pretty, it's compelling footage. I mean, I can remember when it happened, seeing it on the news and thinking, oh, wow, a ghost in Oklahoma City. <laughs> like, this is so cool. I totally missed it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, um, I can remember it was a thing. Um, but anyway, so we're just going to kind of talk about that and talk about some other hauntings. So, Puckett's. It's an old mm-hmm. towing place in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I've been there for years and years. And they're doing great business. You can drive by there. Yes, you can. Outside of Oklahoma can. City anytime. Yeah. So probably don't stop in. They're working. Yeah. But... Yeah, don't don't go harass them. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so in this story what I thought was interesting one of the things that I thought was the most interesting um there's a story by Kelly Dyer at newsok.com 
And it says the figure is shown floating around wrecked cars in the storage lot of the wrecker service on Southwest 29th. The story made its way onto the national scene and we received emails from viewers across the country. Everyone wants to see Puckett's ghost. So, gosh, it was, I mean, it's pretty, it's, have you seen the footage recently? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all over the internet. Yeah. No problem finding it. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really interesting. And one of the things that somebody said was that one of, there were three cars in the lot that night, I think that were involved in accidents that actually killed people. Mm -hmm. And so they think that maybe it was the spirit of one of those people kind of hanging out at the wrecking lot. Oh yeah. There's a whole, whole story about that. Um, yeah, which I'm I'm gonna take a look back since it's been a little yeah, bit go since for I've it. Uh, looked at that. No Tracy problem. Martin. So uh, June 30th, 2002. Tracy Martin, Oklahoma Cityan. She is out driving on Airport Road, heading home after a late shift, and falls asleep at the wheel out near the airport, and crashes. Doesn't make it. Oh wow. Yeah. So which they need a towing service to take the truck back and. Uh, her body goes in one direction, it goes in another, parked at the lot for a few days until so the insurance people can come pick it up. Uh, and then a few days later after that, they see this figure of a woman out in the yard. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, according to uh, Kathy Henley, the dispatcher then, she thought it was somebody in the yard, right? Which, I mean, mm-hmm. people hop fences and go and do stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so she radioed the uh, security guy to go run over and chase her off. Uh, and he said nobody was out there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's wild. Yeah. They looked back at the footage and you could clear, you can, I mean, hop on YouTube. You can see it. There's, yeah. Yeah. There, there's clearly somebody walking around out there mm-hmm. uh, enough that you can actually, you know, you can't really make out facial features, but sh- uh, you can tell it's a lady. It's definitely a figure. A yeah. Mm-hmm. Blue jeans. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they checked all the other footage to see where she ran off to. And, you know, they have cameras everywhere and nothing showed her getting on or getting off the lot. Oh, so she wild. just appeared. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that's pretty weird. And yeah. So I uh, did a little digging into it and she was walking around kind of an empty space, which was where her truck had been parked uh, before the insurance company took it off. So maybe they oh, wow. were back trying to get a connection or, yeah. or who knows exactly what the, the reasons for revisiting are yeah oh my gosh that's wild yeah Yeah. Uh, yeah and apparently they brought some of her family members in and they totally recognized her and said yeah that's that's Tracy that's so 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 crazy I think um I think in an instant like that it would be really comforting to have that experience as one of the family members yeah that's exactly what they said they were like oh yeah she's she's there she's moving on yeah she's she's okay she hasn't just vanished right Mm -hmm. and one of the things that we were um or I think I can't remember if we talked about this or if I read it in your book, but um, that people like to share their experiences with you when you do oh, the ghost sure. yeah. tours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's got to be, I mean, that's got to be really kind of, kind of an honor, I guess, like for people well, to open so. up yeah. about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, you don't open conversations that way, but eventually, yeah. you know, once people start right. talking about ghosts, everybody's got some kind of ghost experience. And it's so fascinating. Yeah. It's so fascinating. So how did you get interested in that type of stuff? Well, uh, I always liked spooky stories growing up. I read lots and lots of fairy tales and mm-hmm. then found out the grim fairy tales, which are much darker. Like, yeah. Okay. So, you know, vampires and all this, all this cool spooky stuff. And then once um, I kind of uh, kept going with 
deeper and deeper into the research finding you know there's a lot more non-fiction stories than just the fairy tales mm-hmm. so i got kind of into that uh, and for a little while I lived in england doing study abroad and backpacking and so forth and one on my one of my trips back i visited uh, one of my good friends and went on their hometown ghost tour which you know england's a thousand years old so they have ghosts all over the place yeah uh and i thought this was really cool because it was just like where she lived and where she grew up and all this cool stuff and at that point i knew one story about oklahoma the little boy who roller skates around over yes in ellison hall the old hospital on campus mm-hmm. and uh, I told my friend that and she's like oh you should start a tour for Oklahoma and they're like yeah we've only been around for 100 years we don't, we don't have any ghosts like I mean we have that one but like how many more could we have well it turns out a lot more yes, yes. tons and <laughs> so tons, and tons many. of stories yeah <laughs> just jam-packed which I mean it is kind of impressive to that all of that's in probably 100 years of settlement mm-hmm. and I've always wondered you know are there other things from even older times oh yeah i'm sure there are we just yeah don't have those connections as clear yeah i think what's coming to mind the oldest thing i can think of is what all's going on out at um let's see it was coronado's men oh for sure yes that um where is that that where they disappeared Oh, out in the panhandle. Yes. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So there's probably even, yeah, beyond that, like older stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah. So are there any other ghost stories that you want to share with us from Oklahoma City or Norman or your favorites that you've researched? Oh, there's so many. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have done a little bit of research on the Beaver's Dunes. Not as much as I would like to. I need to get up there sometime and just kind Mm -hmm. of ask locals about it. Because there's a big argument going on whether it is uh, just sticky pasta, whether it's a story that came up uh, that somebody created and posted around the internet and then it got picked up. Which, if it is, they did a very good job of it. Yeah. They got the guy's, the journal uh, written in the style of the priest who was with them, like took his name. They had mm-hmm. names of people who were on Coronado's mission. Wow. Like, yeah, the expedition guys were there. So you could totally fake that. But man, what a, what a feat of research if you yeah. wanted to. Thorough yeah. fake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the trick. And so what the story is uh, that Coronado was going up through. Uh, the panhandle heading into Kansas, seeking the seven cities of Cibola, which, of course, every Native American tribe ran across were like, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're the other people farther north. Keep, keep going. <laughs> Just keep going. Yeah. In fact, if you want to hire us, some of us to be guides, we'll totally do that. Uh, or so this <laughs> makes sense. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so he never found cities of gold, although there have been some weird references and things. Um, what was the really terrible movie? Uh, national treasure two remember that yes oh, oh yeah why isn't there a national treasure three <laughs> right uh, come on nicholas cage you can do <laughs> yes. it make a comeback <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway uh so the story is while they're going up through the panhandle uh that some of the native americans said hey you know don't don't go over there like just make sure you steer clear of this area and they're like well why and it's like well it's, you know it's cursed it's got demons running like only the purest of shamans can go in there and maintain their sanity and, like people vanish and like all kinds of stuff so even if you come out, you're going to be messed up. And the story is that three of their guys decided that they were going to go check it out. And they're not exactly sure what the reasoning is. Uh, I like the retelling that they went hunting there because they figured, well, if nobody's there, that's where all the game's going to be. Uh, other people talk about them saying, well, that's probably where they're hiding the treasure. So that's where we need to go check and all kinds of stuff. So whatever, uh, they went over and they said things were quiet until they started hearing them screaming. And there was all this flash of green lightning and then nothing. They were gone. Wow. Yeah. So uh, they they took off, right? (laughs) Don't don't stick around there. Uh, Which the priest uh, 
did leave with them and actually his life story is kind of really cool was he went back with Coronado back to Mexico and then returned to the Central Plains as a missionary which did not go so well he, he was martyred oh wow so, okay yeah so I did a little retelling of this in uh, Oki Comics and yeah story. so if you've seen that around town that's I think issue two okay yeah so kind of I fun. have seen the one with the um is it a giant armadillo Oh, the possum. Possum, yeah. yes. Which yeah. was almost an armadillo, but those okay. things are too scary. That yeah. that would be terrifying. Yeah, they breathe and, leprosy. Oh, They're carriers yeah. for leprosy. Like what? And if you had a giant one, yeah. Like I don't understand. <laughs> it's awful. That's weird. Animal animal kingdoms, man. It's too too much. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. So, um, yeah, and one of the things that I've heard about the beaver dunes thing is there actually reports of men in black out there. I believe it. Yeah. Okay. So some people argue that it's uh, alien connections, right? Yes. So people are yeah. getting abducted. Yes. And that's why mm-hmm. uh, you know, like people going insane and seeing all these things. Right. And so, so uh, which uh, there's kind of, I guess, of the subset of that group, there's some folks who say, well, it's actually a crashed UFO. Underground. Yes. And yeah. I've heard uh, that too. And its engine is firing up from time to time. Mm-hmm. And that's why the portals are opening. Yes. It's like hyperdrive type stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is cool sci-fi in itself. Yeah, it is. It is. And actually, my family is kind of out from that area. I have a lot of family, or not a lot anymore, but um, some family that lives out in Kenton. I don't know if you oh, know wow. where that is. Okay, mm-hmm. like way out, middle of nowhere, oh, yeah. kind of. I think the population's like 30 or something in that town. That's not bad. Yeah. So, But when I think about when I think about all this, I think that would be the perfect place for a UFO to crash. Like that landscape, <laughs> I mean, it's just... it's just great for that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah yeah you never know <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so, which i i grew up outside of hillsdale so we don't have too much to talk about okay uh, well we have a population of 100 so, oh wow yeah okay that's not bad not bad <laughs> yeah comparatively yes. <laughs> yeah i think there were five people in my grandpa's graduating class or something like that that's not yeah that's very close <laughs> <laughs> don't even need reunions at that point yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah so um Tell us another story. This another is fun. Story. Yeah. Cool. Well, what kind of story do you want? Do you want like a oh, scary story or yes, cute scary? Story? Okay, scary, scary story. Okay. Um, scariest ghost story I know uh, that I'm willing to share because a couple of people told me stories that just absolutely petrifying, but I don't have permission from them to okay um, to retell them. So, um, <laughs> and if I could find the note of paper where I wrote their email address, I would get that. But. Uh, the exorcism that happened on campus back in 1973 is oh wow so uh, but it's the follow-up story that really is creepy so i first heard about this uh when i was doing archival research for the haunted campus book uh, the first one that i did actually so uh, after going to england and hearing all these ghost stories and things started doing some research around here and just all kinds of ghost stories popping up so 2009 we had our first uh ghost tour on campus and now we're starting up on the 31st march 31st we'll have our 10th anniversary oh that's tour. exciting so, yeah, yeah. Be great uh so this actually comes out of the oklahoman uh, you can look up the articles they're, okay. they're in the newspaper you can look on the same microfilm that i did <laughs> anyway so uh the story goes that uh there was a student named jack which was not his name because the, the article specifically said you know he, he did not want to be no, recognized as this yeah uh and was sleeping in uh 
it was a boarding house at that time. Uh, it was the old uh, Tri-Delta sorority house. So the one that they, it was the first one that they owned on campus. They'd, uh, you know, been around for years and building up and renting houses and finally got enough that they built one. Uh, and it stood right uh, kitty corner across from Ellison Hall. So okay. really prime real estate. Um, and they had it from 1925 to 1955. And I talked to some alumna to see if like weird things had happened. They said, yeah, weird, weird stuff. They said they were done with the building when they moved out which was kind of a, an interesting take. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Especially since, like, I was talking to, they must have been, if not in their 70s, 80s. Yeah. Like, yeah, really. And they vividly remembered weird stuff going on. Anyway. Wow. Uh, so they moved out to the big new house that they've got down on South Campus. Uh, then was fraternity for a while, and then a uh, boarding house, and then uh, eventually the university bought it. Uh, IT was there for a while in 2000, and... Um, they have oh is the jim thorpe multicultural center for a okay. long time yeah so where all the uh different club space was for international groups like uh, uh taiko drum practice and korean night and all kinds of cool stuff so which uh since it's been torn down it's now zero hall the school for uh, social work and okay. the new jim thorpe multicultural is down on the way on the south side of campus okay so uh and i don't think they're high but <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to drop by sometimes yeah. anyway so the article uh, talks about when it was a boarding house in 73, and uh, this guy Jack is uh, sleeping in his bed late Sunday night going into Monday morning, uh, wakes up and says it's like weight on his chest and like ropes wrapped around his neck, and uh, which this is choking ghost, which is a just really universal phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like everybody has got choking ghosts, like every uh, society. Yeah. So which skeptics say, well, you know, sleep apnea, you roll over. Uh, your mm-hmm. pipe closes up and you wake up choking because you're choking. Mm-hmm. But uh, in this case, uh, he's choking and says he can't move in sleep paralysis. So solid arguments for that. But not the voice that whispers out of the darkness, uh, gasping and then saying no. And then whatever it was, let him go enough that he could start breathing again. And he yelled, get out of here. Uh, and it went away. It was done. He, he could move. He was fine. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how much sleep he got the rest of the night, but next day goes to classes and so forth, and I guess deciding it was kind of a spooky, weird dream or something, Mm -hmm. but comes back to his room late Monday night going into Tuesday. It's about 1230, and uh, says he crosses the room, and about midway, he hears these footsteps walking up behind him, turns around, nobody's there, but the footsteps thud, thud, thud against the floor right next to him and then something grabs him throws him against the ground and starts hitting him just pummeling him he's trying to fight back but it's just empty air finally he yells help me jesus and it stops and the footsteps back up out of the room so he tears out of there he's done he he uh uh, says he ran out to the front yard to catch his breath uh so decides he's not sleeping in that room anymore good decision but just like every horror movie realized (laughs) he forgot to lock the door behind him so he's got to go back up and make sure nobody misses his stuff uh, I would wait until dawn, personally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, but yeah, sure enough, he goes back up to the room. Uh, it says as soon as he touches the door handle, footsteps come back pounding against the floor, charging at him again. So he slams the door, locks it, and doesn't come back until Saturday uh, during the daytime. And this time brings uh, moral support. So brings uh, a few of his friends, uh, brings a reporter from the Oklahoman, who is not crazy, and brings uh, Charles Rhodes, the president of the New Age Center of Oklahoma City at the time. Uh, now okay. he lives up in New York. So... Uh, and I need to email him again sometime. He hasn't gotten back to my last one. But he's like 80, so I don't yeah. know how often he checks his email. Uh, which I guess is kind of ageist of him. But anyway. <laughs> um, all right, so they go into the house, and Charles Rhodes uh, uh, 
uh, describes itself as a medium who can communicate directly with spirits by going into a trance. So, in the house, they uh, feel around for what they call cold spots. So, mm. according to parapsychology, if you are a ghost and you're exerting energy, you still have to obey the laws of physics, so you have to take in energy, uh, which they don't eat. So, what they do is they absorb heat from the mortal realm. So, if you got a corner of your room that never warms up, or if you feel this cold breeze on a warm day, like, could be a ghost. Yeah. So... Up on the third floor in the hallway, they they feel this cold spot, and Elrod sits down and goes into a trance and says after a while that there are three entities with them. Uh, one of them is willing to communicate, and he says that his name is Carl, so which is a great ghost name, because yeah. like people. <laughs> so, uh, so they talk, talk with him a while, and Carl says he doesn't know anything about hurting anybody. Uh, in fact, he and his two buddies, uh, they just found this place. They wanted to hang out for a while, kind of transient spirits, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't want any trouble. They say, hey, you know... If something bad's going on, you should go down the basement, talk to some of the ghosts down there. Maybe one of them knows what's going on. So they pack up, go down to the basement, and um, I was there before they tore it down. It was a weird, weird basement. It had a big oh central open room uh, for, you know, meetings and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which wasn't so bad. I mean, it was a basement. They had a little uh, bar set over to the side and things back when it wasn't a dry campus. And, yeah. Uh, but they had these weird storage rooms. They were only about four feet high. But they just went way, way, way back. And, like, there's no way you could light the back of that underground. And, like, just weird vibes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Really weird. Uh, As the article talks about, they had headstones stacked up in the corner. So back when it was a fraternity, they did a prank where they ran around town and stole a bunch of headstones. And then they got busted by the cops. So they had to go put them back. But there were some they didn't remember where they went. So they just kind of tucked them away and said they put them back. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, oh, that's we, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, so they didn't have that house much longer. Yeah. Um, so the uh, kind of the guys kind of feel around and weird vibes and stuff, but nothing that was willing to communicate. And so they decided, well, let's go back to Jack's room with this whole thing started and we'll see what we can sort out there. So they all kind of wedge into Jack's little, little college room. And Charles Rhodes goes into another trance and says that there is, in fact, a spirit in there. And it is the spirit of the cute little blonde gal. Um, which is very specific. And she says her name something like Nadine Bolding, uh, and that uh, she died in a traffic accident in 1938. But she likes this room, and she wants to stay here, and she doesn't want these other people here, namely this guy Jack. So she ha- has her ghost friend Frank scare them off for her. And Charles Rhodes says, well, you know, that's not good. If you, you need to move on, if you have an unfinished business, she says, no, I'm going to stay here. And they say, well, since you're hurting people, you know, we could ask you to leave by performing an exorcism. And she says, if you try, I'm going to rip your heart out. Wow. Yeah. I just so, got chills. Yeah. <laughs> so she's not joking around. Um, ugh. anyway, so they say, okay, definitely time for an exorcism. So <laughs> yeah. they, they call the name of God to cleanse the house and she starts yelling about, you know, wait until dark and she's going to go to the basement and get some of the ghosts from there. One of them's crazy, belongs in a mental institution, like all this wow. crazy stuff. But uh, eventually uh, everything goes quiet and Charles Rhodes uh, stands up after a while and says, okay, just don't think about it. Don't let there be any pull for her to come back. So they uh, uh, just pack up and that's where the article ends. And... I guess it took because uh, they. Wow. Uh, I actually met a couple on one of the early ghost tours who had lived there in the 80s. And uh, that's where they had met and so forth. And then later got married. It was really kind of a cute story. And they were super disappointed to find out it was haunted because nothing ever happened to them. And like, well, you didn't get punched or kicked or choked. Yeah. I'm like, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> Don't be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But um, postscript to that story. 
So if you look back in the old Sooner yearbooks, uh, 1936, 1937, but not 1938, uh, there is a cute little blonde tridel uh, named Nadine Bowles. Oh, that is so wild. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That just gave so, me chills. Yeah, I was freaking out when I yeah. saw that uh, until I got in touch with the Alumni Association. And turns out she got married and uh, went back to Tyler, Texas, where she lived okay. until 2012. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, actually, a very popular socialite around town doing yeah. a lot of charity work. Yeah. Um, so probably not her. Which a lot of people say, well, you know, 1973 is the year The Exorcist came out and like all mm. that stuff. So it could be, you know, publicity stunts and all that. Uh, but there are also people who, you know, once the story gets going, so somebody's asking, you know, hey, what happened to this girl? When did she graduate? And they're like, oh, you know, she died in a car crash and, and you know, she still stays in her room, which is the room you're sleeping in tonight. And yeah. So forth. So, which there is another sorority on campus that does that with a ghost named Bob. Really? Uh, yeah, who supposedly died in a fire, which there was a fire, but nobody nobody died in it. Okay. Uh, it's a com- you know, couple of different stories get conflated and things. Mm-hmm. So, And they have had several people get attacked, which uh, they should probably t- stop telling that story. But it's funny. Yeah. Which, yeah, you can kind of get things slipping in there and, you know, using that energy to make the stories happen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, One of the ones that I wanted to ask you about that I thought was um, really interesting in the Norman book was... Um, the stuff at Johnny's. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I love Johnny's. Like I've been there so many times and my mom and I were talking about it and she said, you know, it makes me wonder if some of the times when we've gone down there later at night, if something had happened and that's why they closed early. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe so. The the folks working there definitely don't want to hang out any later than they have to, which I've never heard of anybody having like bad altercations or anything. Mm -hmm. Just weird yeah yeah which before that it was an old laundromat and a old couple was telling me about how they used to go there when they were young and starting out and they uh kept having like washers turn themselves on and different things oh my gosh and they had an arcade in the back and like the video games would start playing themselves like not you know the the trial screens right the actual game would start going yeah so that's that'd be pretty watch that movie yeah haunted arcade (laughs) machine yeah so it seems like somebody's done that yeah. Anyway. It seems like that might there might be something like that on the X Files at some point. Maybe. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so uh but they tore that down, uh, which the reason that all that crazy stuff's happening is before that, uh it's been several other things, uh and a car dealership and all kinds of stuff. But originally that was the uh cemetery for Norman, Oklahoma, back in the territorial days. Like, you know, because they built it way outside of town, you know, miles yeah. where nobody would ever but I mean it's Main Street and Berries. So yeah. Like it is it's prime real estate. So within just a couple of years, they had to kind of pack them up and disinter the bodies and move them to other graveyards around town. But, uh, I I mean, just how could you find the bodies in right. 1989? Like, right. I mean, they didn't even have gravestones just yet. They yeah. They bring all that stuff in out of you know, old quarries and so forth. So, And I'm betting they didn't, yeah. like, come in with one of those ground x-ray oh, yeah. machines yeah. to make sure they got no. everybody no, no none of those although those were very helpful at griffin finding the the dead bodies there. oh my gosh yeah so, okay well we'll put a pin in that and come back to story. okay yes yeah <laughs> absolutely so yeah i mean clearly I, somebody very could well have left enough behind and they have all kinds of crazy stories about stuff going mm-hmm. on uh, a couple of my favorites there's 
uh, this phantom, this guy who comes in through the side door there on the north side and goes into the kitchen and turns a corner and goes into the freezer. So over and over again, uh, to the point that they say they don't tell the new guys working about it, uh, anything about it. They just let it happen so that, you know, see this guy walk in. They say, hey, you know, you can't go in there. So, so they follow him into the freezer and then they're gone. Just nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then they, they freak out. And we're like, you know, did you see that? Like, what happened? And they're like, oh, it's just the ghost. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so which, those are good coworkers. Though. Yeah. No kidding. It sounds like my coworkers that I had at the bank that... Uh, just let the guy come in and I thought I was about to be robbed and they all knew that he was just a regular who acted really weird. And so it was the same kind of initiation thing. There you go. Yeah. People. Yeah. Almost wish it had been a ghost. Oh, ghost bank. Yeah. yeah that would There's another cool. episode of X-Files. Yeah. No kidding. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then my favorite story about it. Uh, a guy, several people were there actually, and they were kind of egging each other on to tell the story. And the guy said, okay, so one night, uh, it was closing time. They were emptied out uh, and they were just kind of joking around while they were you know, cleaning up and out of the eating area, which was empty. Like they could see it. Uh, this lady's voice yelled out, be quiet. And everybody froze and looked around and they came back a little softer and said, I'm trying to sleep. And so they said without another word, without like another sound, they just finished all the cleaning for closing and they were out. Oh, I did. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be. I mean, because I've worked places where we had to close late at night and stuff and like Starbucks and Mm -hmm. it's dark in the back. And if that something like that happened, like, yeah, I would have been out of there. (laughs) Great. Yeah. So Uh, Griffin. So Griffin Memorial Hospital, which uh, so much history on Griffin. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, So started out as the. Uh, Central State Mental Hospital, which originally was a for-profit hospital. Uh, really? Town. Yeah, the original, um, I guess, health mental health care plan was all for-profit, which didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very poor management. So it got closed, and the state took back over the mental health care, and they hired this young Dr. David W. Griffin to run things. So uh, he was a big fan of work therapy, uh, which is this idea that you get out and you do things that you can be proud of instead of mulling over your thoughts and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, which on the one hand is pretty progressive. Uh, but on the other hand, that's how we ended up with slave institutions yeah. and stuff that, you know, 1963, uh, de- or deinstitutionalization act kind of put a stop to that for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was very, very popular. So, which uh, Griffin was the number one employer in Norman for years and decades. Wow. Yeah, well before uh, OU was anything. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they, gosh, that entire quarter, I mean, that entire mm. section of town, I mean, it's just a shadow of what it once was. A lot of the buildings have been torn down. Mm-hmm. Uh, or up in Sutton, you know, all the wilderness. I mean, that used to be yeah. part of it, which uh, used to creep me out. Like, you walk around, there's these old you know, foundation stones sticking out of the ground. Like, yeah. what's that? Well, that's where the nurses' families used to live. No, it's just the caretakers. So Yeah. Yeah, that's not as spooky when you learn about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, that reminds me of another story, The Goat Man. Come back to that one. Oh, okay. That one's not in the book. I was just told that a few years ago. Oh, yeah. I'm so, excited. Story. Anyway, we got to talk about Griffin first because just so, so giant. I mean, because it was working well, lots of people were coming mm-hmm. to, to stay at the institution. They needed places for him. So they started, you know, a garden and then a dairy and then a vineyard and ice making factory laundry wow. like yeah it was a huge industrial site which over by the soccer fields like those grain silos they built those mm-hmm. because they needed that much grain to keep the dairy going wow uh, it was just gigantic um 
but of course, then we had improvements in pharmaceuticals. We had the Deinstitutionalization Act, and you know, it's like you know, it's really shrunk down quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, now we just have a lot of old, empty buildings on a uh, you know, mental hospital grounds, which is ghost story fodder right there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Is uh, any of that used for anything? Quite a bit of the buildings okay. are used. Uh, typically, uh, the ones there kind of toward the middle section. So. If you go over to the Walmart there, there's the mm-hmm. big imposing Veterans yes. Chapel, which is super awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs a lot of work before it could be reopened, but it would yeah. be an amazing space. Uh, and then uh, kind of south of there, they've got you know community offices. And the mm-hmm. west there, they've got all kinds of beds and uh, hospital type things. Okay. And Edsel Ford, Edsel Ford uh, which is not the Edsel Ford from the Ford family, right? Mm-hmm. The Edsel Ford. This is... The other Edsel Ford, I guess. Okay. So, who was the PR rep for uh, Griffin for years and years and years. Uh, apparently a hilarious guy. So from what his family was telling me. Yeah. Um, but then they do have several buildings shut down, like Hope Hall. Okay. Uh, that big, long building uh, that has the periodic uh, kind of openings with the um, caged-in balconies. Yeah. Which sometimes have wheelchairs on them and sometimes don't. Oh. And... I'm always tempted to look over there and check, but I don't want to think about it too much. Like, what's what's going on? Yeah. What's, what's oh, moving that's, them? That's yeah. weird. Yeah. So, ha, anyway. Now I got chills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh, so, so many stories, which not related to any ghosts that I've been able to, but they they did have a big fire in the 19-teens, uh, in which it broke out in the men's dormitory, and you know, since it's a hospital, everything's locked up. Uh, so oh, they just gosh. didn't get the guys out in time, like 40 people. Wow. Yeah, almost 40 people. And uh, one family came to collect the body. Like, everybody else just went to stay. Wow. So they have all these bodies, and what you do is, well, so they just kind of had this big mass grave um, and so forth, and had some services, and then went on, and they forgot where it was. So oh. for Yeah, so for decades, there, were, there was this mass grave somewhere on the grounds of Griffin Memorial, and nobody knew where. <laughs> How yeah. creepy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I can only imagine that when they were putting up new buildings, they were very careful. Yeah. But, oh my gosh. Uh, but I mean, you know, people probably went, which uh, they did just a few years ago, uh, find it. And That's they good. said, yeah, they went, they talked to some of the old timers and said, you know, whereabouts would you have had mm-hmm. it? And so forth. So they uh, kind of pieced it together. And the uh, Norwin Fire Department were the folks who found it. They uh, wow. had one of those pieces of equipment. It's designed to scan through walls to look for mm-hmm. people. Uh, but you can point at the ground, too, and find people-shaped things. Yeah. So they went out. They said it only took them a couple hours, and they're like, they located it. Wow. So now there's this big, uh, nice plot in the ground marking it. That's real. Yeah. Can you go see that? You should be able to. Okay. Yeah, which I keep getting different opinions on it. Some people are like, you know, I, I came over there one time to walk through, and, like, security come chase me off. And other okay. times people are like, yeah, I was there taking pictures for a couple hours, and they didn't seem to mind at all. They were okay. keeping an eye on me, but I don't know. And where exactly is it? So. Uh, I have not seen it myself. It's okay. supposed to be north, uh, northwest of Hope Hall. Okay. So I would have to double check where exactly. Okay. Yeah. But I've seen yeah. a picture of it. It's nice. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting to see. That's, oh. Yeah. Gosh. Um, and every once in a while, they do open it up for tours. Uh, if you, okay. Usually in October, uh, which not for ghost purposes, mm-hmm. but because that's mental health month. And yeah. Stuff. And they have really cool tours on kind of the history of mental health in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Very that's, cool. I'm gonna have to do that. That's that's really cool. Yeah. So keep an eye on their uh, social yeah. media stuff for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and get there early when they do because they had people line up around. Really? Block. Oh yeah, there that's were cool. hundreds of people in line when we 
it to go check it out. Yeah. And we were like, we can't stand on this line, but like, yeah. when else are we going to do it? Yeah. So we, we did it. And it <laughs> was totally awesome. worth it. It was amazing. Oh my gosh. So it's just a really cool building. Now you got to tell me about the goat man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So tons of ghost stories in Griffin Hall, uh, Griffin. But this one, I was told about Sutton um, by a bunch of high school girls, which of course are very good sources when it comes to urban legends. Yes. They'll tell you oh, yeah. Uh, so according to a bunch of Norman High folks, uh, there is a goat man up in Sutton Wilderness. So uh, it's specifically the ghost of this mutant creature that looks like a goat. Wow. And the legend is that it was either a deformed baby that was dropped off at the hospital uh, or it was a deformed baby that was had at the hospital kind of dark histories and so yeah there uh one person was telling me that it was even experiments going on in the hospital creating this half hybrid goat thing yeah which i don't know that we had the funding for that right <laughs> was some kind of you know uh pretty good urban mm-hmm. lore fair right there so you know the creature grows up and uh eventually is locked away or forgotten and, and gone but its spirit continues to roam around and they say that if you're up there at night, you can hear it uh, walking behind you. You can hear the, the what sounds like hoofs yeah. behind you instead of uh, footprints. But you can't turn around uh, until you're out. Because if uh, even if it you know comes up behind you, they say you can even feel its uh, hot breath on your neck. Oh wow! But if you turn around, it'll grab you. And that uh, as long as it isn't you don't see it, then you're safe. Oh wow! Yeah. How have I never heard that? That it's is very a... recent. Yeah. Oh, I've never that's heard amazing. It either, so I'm not sure. That's a great one. But it's awesome urban legend. Yeah. Oh, for real. That is like, that beats anything that I heard when I was in high school. Like, (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. And it'll keep teenagers going up to Sutton Wilderness. Yeah. Which is totally what we need. Yeah. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Don't don't do that. There's a city ordinance against that. Yeah. Um, But if you do, don't turn around. Yeah, definitely. Just get out of there. (laughs) So the goat man doesn't grab you. So that's one of the the recent ones. And I've heard lots and lots of stories about Griffin itself, um, Mm. which rarely tied into um, people who were patients there. It usually seems to be workers. Like Really? One of the recent ones, I was told a lady uh, who'd been a nurse there for years and years and years. uh, She uh, worked at the front desk and she said about 10 o'clock every night or so, uh, the elevator door would open and this orb of light would come out go down the hallway turn the corner and go out the front door and she thought that's weird you know so and other nurses would see it too like it was was not every single night but a common enough occurrence that like you could could tell what was going on so they got really interested when they were talking about it and wanted to go talk to some of the old nurses to see if it had happened back then so so they found some of the nurses who had uh, retired and went and talked to them and so forth they're you know they they'd never seen anything like that but they did piece it together they said oh you know it's about 10 o'clock well used to be that's when the shift change was so that's somebody getting off work and just heading out oh wow so there that is dedication to your job right there. yeah 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 definitely (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's so cool it's so awesome that you've been able to i feel like um and i've experienced a little bit of this just doing what i have with the podcast the people who are willing to tell you their yeah. stories. It's very, um, like about any kind of, um, no Siri, I don't want you to record to, to do that. Um, my phone's trying to like take over the AI is too smart. Um, but it's really cool how people will open up to you and be willing to share these experiences and 
because they're very personal like it's very it's yeah oh yeah yeah which it's i'm very fortunate to be able to write them down like, yeah so much of its oral history that you know you yeah. might share from time to time but like you're never yeah you're never gonna write it down yourself because why would you right so but i want to write it down so which i think that's yeah. awesome i think that's awesome oh, yeah. that you're doing that um and if you want i guess we're we're right about the time we need to wrap up but if you want to plug your books and your ghost tours and all of that like let people know all about that sure thing uh so uh probably best way to check it out i usually do facebook events for them so go to facebook.com slash author jeff provine and click the events page we'll have all all the dates set out for uh, as far forward as we can plan right now, we're waiting on to see how the thunder is going to do for March Madness. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll know what the schedule will be like in April. Uh, and then we'll keep doing them all year up uh, through uh, October. So okay. probably early November. We'll see how that okay. goes. But definitely a lot for the Halloween season because yeah. everybody's ready for a good good piece of history. And they're all true stories, all, all researched. It's it's crazy. That's so cool. There. That is so cool. So do one for downtown Norman, uh, downtown Oklahoma City. And uh, I've got uh, Campus Ghosts of Norman, Haunted Norman, uh, and then I co-wrote Haunted Guthrie and Haunted Oklahoma City with uh, Tani McCoy, who's a paranormal okay. investigator here in Oklahoma. Had a, tons of firsthand accounts. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, you've got to come back and tell more stories because this is so much fun. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing these. No shortage. Yeah. All right. Well... If you want to follow us on Instagram at Irioki and Facebook is the same. There's actually a Facebook group now that you can join. Um, and I think that that is all the announcements I have. So that's it. I'll see you guys next week.